New card. What do you think? Get over here! That man is playing Galaga. I understood that reference. You shall not pass! So say we all. So say we all. Run with me. It's adamantium tasting time, boys. Well, maybe it's your number one. All wings report in. Welcome to your weekly interval. This is the Best Damn Nerd Show. I'm your host, microphone alchemist James Kincaid. With me tonight, the ever stalwart, the studious, Professor Chris Davis. Coming live from the 1920s uh, building shots in Septia, which apparently is pronounced Sepia. Uh, sepia. I just found out. So that's good Yeah, for you time. YouTubers. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Davis. I mean, at this point, I feel like we're at the end of the thing, and it's, uh, you know, it's just McCready and Childs just in a little bit of a standoff there, which one is, uh, which one's the creature and everything like that. Uh, but I appreciate you you rolling with, and again, being the stalwart uh, BDNS member that you are, that's BDNS, Best Damn Nerd Show, not... Uh, anything else well, for for those that join us in the discord that's best day at nerdshow.com slash discord uh our host that we have not seen or heard from in a while tim childs made an appearance today it was uh yeah. it was frightening yeah tim childs appeared a wild tim childs appeared just to criticize the matrix 4 trailer which is not what I would have pegged for to bring him out of witness protection or whatever hiding that he's been in. Uh, but then he disappeared as quickly as quickly as he appeared. He was he was gone yet again. But uh, I'll, I'll never not be delighted by a, a Tim Childs uh, appearance. So, yeah, bestdamnerdshow.com slash discord. Uh, if you wish to see such things uh, appear in real time or if you wish to opine yourselves. But Davis, you mentioned off there very that very specifically that you had something that you were hashtag save it for the show. And that's something that you had to bring up with me. And apparently it has to do with your playthrough of ghost of Tsushima. So you've been, you've been playing a lot more. Been playing a lot more. I mean, I put in, man, I, I gotta say 15, 20 hours since our last show. Okay. Uh, so I, I've been putting in some time and like, I know you love this game. Okay. But you just started Witcher, right? Yes. How do you rate it versus The Witcher? Man, I I don't think I appreciate your tone coming <laughs> uh, coming coming through here. I you know, I'm not far enough into Witcher to to really say definitively. I mean, I think that the the lore that probably I will get in Witcher Three and everything like that will be much deeper. I'm 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 sure of that, and I, I think the Witcher Three is probably a lot more open world. I don't compare. I wouldn't compare Ghost of Tsushima and, and the Witcher though. I would more compare Ghost of Tsushima to Shadow of Mordor, and and I think those two are are more congruent. And I think I think Ghost of Tsushima. It's the same style of game. It's like Witcher and Ghost of Tsushima is not really the same style of game. It's that it's that like Assassin's Creed style of game. Well, what what's your beef with Ghost of Tsushima? I, I it's just not blowing me away. It, it's not bringing 
a ton to the table. I enjoy the era and the samurai aspects, um, but I'm already getting repetitious feelings. I'm already getting mm. a lot of, and, and you know, I'm building up the character, and I finally got a couple haikus going. Nice. So are you enjoying composing haiku? No, it's dumb as shit. So, uh, <laughs> you're just looking at three different places in the freaking sometimes <laughs> scenery four. in front of you. Yes, yeah, sometimes four, sometimes two. You gotta, find and... you gotta really look deep. It's, it's more about inward. <laughs> and then you get a headband. And then yeah. you get a headband that does nothing. It's for What's looks. With your high cool? uh, yeah. Don't you want to look cool? Like for those of oh, you on YouTube, I look super awesome right now because I'm wearing a Batrock the Leaper t-shirt. And Davis, you look like a schlub by comparison. So maybe you should compare compose uh, more haiku. I got a light indoor hoodie on. <laughs> I'll write one about Batrock and have it ready for uh, Batrock and have it ready for the next uh, episode. Uh, we, we, we should write haikus for the next episode. <laughs> that would be yeah. great. That would be uh, great exercise. Everybody, everybody knew exercise. We've done the bracket battles, and they was, those, was, those were exquisite. Now we're going to have Best Damn Nerd Show haiku competition. So go to bestdamnerdshow.com slash discord, and in the episode discussion uh, tab, I would like you all to start composing haiku. Whether it is about your favorite Best Damn Nerd Show host, hopefully me, or whether it's just anything you want. Start composing your Nerdosphere haiku, please. We, we should have a bracket of host v. host. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. Because I will be like heartbroken by the results. It's a haiku host battle. <laughs> be I'll tell you, it's better, it's better than slam poetry. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I will tell uh, you that. So you, you started composing a little bit of haiku. <laughs> have you have you done any of the uh like the other things you can do like have you have you fucking excuse me have you hung dong in a in a hot spring yet oh i've many a hot spring and i have nice. i just i pretty much just seek those out because i like to reflect you uh, should be reflecting when you're composing haiku it's a very spiritual meditative experience you're not doing you're not playing the game right davis <laughs> at, le at least when i'm reflecting in the hot springs that's about the story where the haiku is just like Davis, about... the story is within you that like that's what you've never gotten that's what you people that don't know how to quest have never you understood. people yeah <laughs> uh i how far are you exactly Oh man, I I don't even know how, what the percentage is, but I mean the the story is moving along. I'm I've yeah, got no, like yeah, I don't care. Like honestly, Davis, you four, could say that you were th like forty five percent through, and I would have no idea where. Yeah, I mean, there, what, what is happening in the story? Can you even a, answer that? Yeah, because I I feel like each there's four like kind of wheels that go off, and the like characters you have to try to find and join mm -hmm. your team which aren't those cool and very cinematic like i i love i love all that stuff like the like uh master ishikawa's story with the the archer is great yeah yeah and his, his student that was the first one i did and that was cool there's no the stories are, are fine lady masako I, and you know her slaughtered clan yeah and i just uh saved her brother and got him going as a blacksmith in this town oh that's 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 uh yeah that's yuna that's the thief you know, i was talking about lady Mike. you don't even know the characters and you have the audacity to come in here and criticize the game i, I guess if they're more interesting i might know know them a little bit more they are very interesting i i will not argue with you that a lot of the missions can be very repetitive yeah they, like that's, uh, that's that's just the truth 
but there, I have fun doing are... it. Like, how into samurais are you? Is the thing. I mean, definitely not as much as like mythology Witcher stuff. Mm. So that that definitely is <laughs> not as high on my list. Uh, and especially when you're playing a samurai that's going against his code. Well, that I also agree with you on, and something that I took extreme issue with is because how this game was sold to me, and what I took issue with is that this was a samurai game. And it starts that way, and then very early on, you have to become, clearly this is a ninja game. And that's fine. I just had my heart set on being a samurai, so I resisted until the absolute bitter end uh, of playing any sort of the stealth stuff, I like. I think the coolest part of the game is when you call people out and you can do the the just the single strike duels, the showdowns is awesome. So most of the time, I'll start with the sneak, and then I get up to him, and it says, "Oh, you know, do the showdown, or you yeah, can, you know, keep going." And <laughs> my my inner thoughts just go, "James, we want you to do the showdown." <laughs> You can't do it. You you oh. can't sneak around. You got to be a samurai. You got to show down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do it for you. Oh well, thank you. I say I thought you didn't do it to spite me. I appreciate the <laughs> fact that you do it. No. Uh, so yeah, so that I mean that's definitely an an issue. Is that I, I thought it was a little bit of a bait and switch stylistically, especially when it would have been fine too if you could make the choice yourself on how you wanted to play, and that impacted the game. It does not. I can tell you, uh, play like because I did not do any stealth kills throughout the first chapter, and the dialogue is still. Oh, I've heard you've like been like attacking people and stabbing them in the back and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, Uncle, I haven't been doing it. I've been going straight up like a samurai. I'm doing. I'm doing the baby steps. I'm doing. I need. I need. Give me. Give me. Give me. Come on. I'm. I'm doing the samurai steps, man. Uh, so I need to know how far you are because there's a. I believe it's in chapter two. Uh, have you rescued your uncle yet, or attempted no. to? I should say we're, we're we're getting close. I'm getting close to getting the uh, the tool to be able to get him. Okay. Um, there's a there's a quest line in uh, the second chapter. Um, that uh, it um it hit me right in the feels. Like so, when you come in here criticizing the game in comparison to The Witcher and stuff like that, I, and I know Witcher Three is one of the most highly regarded games of all time, but there's a there's a quest line in in Ghost of Tsushima that uh, is incredibly poignant and very very well done. So I, I look forward to see how you sort of okay. think of that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's excellent. It, it, it will involve you needing to care. About haiku and stuff like that, though, Davis, you have to no, you have to free haiku? your mind. Yes, oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> just write your, Discord, your Discord, write your own haiku, uh, and you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe you want to go. Best, maybe you want to write a haiku about our Patreon, slash <laughs> Patreon. And, you know, we'd certainly love, we'd certainly love that uh, as well. So uh, I, a, I thought it, you, yeah, it's hard ahead. because it's, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Witcher, I mean, it's, it's a masterpiece. It really is. And so you play these games that kind of run along the same lines and it's hard. It's hard to get through them because of what you know could be of a of a game if it was really really done really well so well, speaking it, of games, it is a good game though so 
speaking of games that were done really, really well, one of the greatest RPGs, one of the greatest video games of all time, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake. Not a remaster. It is getting a remake. And uh, that news came out this week. It's been kind of you know, sort of whispered about for a while. I know the remaster has been sort of talked about for, for a long time as well. But we have confirmation. Knights of the Old Republic is, in fact, getting a remake. Davis, your gut reaction to that news? I, I don't believe that it's a remake. I, I think they're just throwing uh, my gut reaction is that they are just throwing that word in there because they're changing some aspects, but it won't be like a complete remake. I feel like it's going to be a remaster with like just some random remade stuff just so they can call it a remake. Well, I would prefer that, honestly, and I'll, I'll talk I'll touch more on that in a moment. But this is what the lead producer Ryan Treadwell had to say about the old Republic. He said it will be a complete remake. And here we, here we go. Uh, The question was, is this like a remaster of the original game? What's going on here? And he said, it's so much more. This is a complete remake of this beloved star Wars story. Yes. This beloved star Wars story. Keep that in mind for star Wars Knights of the old Republic remake. We are rebuilding from the ground up while maintaining that integrity and story from the original. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, And then, so, so Ryan, how much of a remake are we talking about here? Is this updating some graphics, adding some higher, higher resolution modes? And he said, you know, the original star Wars Knights of the old Republic is a true classic. And one of our favorite star Wars stories ever. We want to honor that original story and make it as impactful for players today. In terms of the visuals, we have the opportunity to present this story with a much higher level of fidelity than was possible in the past while making sure that we are being authentic to what players loved about the original game. Uh, He also went on to say that, uh, what is this, a spear? I don't know how to pronounce this. uh, Asper? Aspire? Asper? Uh, (laughs) Go on to say spear did bring in some of the original, sorry. Uh, it's it's, it's Septia. Uh, (laughs) Brought in some of the original people uh, who worked on the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, He did uh, finish his segment saying it will be some time before we are ready to show more, but we are very excited about being able to reveal more in the future. So those are some very telling comments in a certain respect. I actually think, Davis, that your scenario that you laid out before going into his quotes is the best possible scenario. I just I, now well, I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, yeah. Now, now I think they're going completely uh, away from that and they are going to ruin it. That is <laughs> so that, that, that's where I'm at now. There's <laughs> the rub. Welcome to my table, Davis. <laughs> you are always welcome here. It's nice to not be sitting alone. Uh, that is my my reaction as well. And it only deepened uh, when I read those comments. Look, I, I just I have no faith or trust uh, in in most you know creative remakes today, whether they be movie, TV shows, or video games, of holding to that quote integrity of the original story. I, this. This 
Knights of the Old Republic doesn't need a story update whatsoever. Just give it a graphical facelift, update some things. Yeah, maybe change some of the the fighting engine a little bit or certain things that, like you said, what is possible for the gamer to do. Add a few more dark side options, a few more light side options. Sure. Don't change anything about the story. That doesn't need to be changed, but that is now my great fear. I I don't think they'll do any of like the main... I wouldn't think that they'd change any of the major plot lines. And <laughs> if they change anything with Revan, <laughs> they better, oh, they better watch out. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, the, the, at least the one thing that we have is that, you know, look, Revan's, uh, spoiler alert, and everyone, he... if you've not played Knights of the Old Republic, <laughs> pause whatever Zoom or name brand MP3 playing devices, pause YouTube or whatever. Okay, you pause. For those of you still with us, at least the player character is Revan. So you still get to make those choices, one would hope. I mean, could you imagine if they just got rid of that twist altogether? I can. <laughs> I can. I can picture that it's, because it, it, I think they will. <laughs> to me, and, and I think in the in the minds of, you know, most, you know, video game players that have had the experience of playing KOTOR is that the twist in KOTOR, the reveal that you are Revan, is the greatest twist in video game history. That, that, that is that is the prestige of prestiges in, in video games. That was like M. Night Shyamalan, you wish you could have a twist like that. It was so freaking good. The first time you play through it and that happens, it's it's an incredible moment. Mind-blowing. Uh, yes. I, I, I never saw it coming, and I was, uh, man, 16th. So yeah, we, yeah, we were in high school. I, I wasn't. Sure. I wasn't dumb. I wasn't smart. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're a professor. I, 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 yeah, I, I was on my way for that. You know that professorship at <laughs> the Xavier School. Uh, <laughs> so I, I felt like I would have read into some of that, and I had smarter friends around me that went to much better schools, and they never saw it coming either. So I, I feel decent about it. It, I mean, it, it really is a, a the grandest of reveals. And I so, I mean, I it, having played through the Mass Effect remaster and, and, and everything like that, that was a great experience for me going back into the Mass Effect world because it had been so long. I, I had replayed Knights of the Old Republic more than I had replayed any of the Mass Effect games. And so I'd been away from it for longer. I had not, like, this was, I, I was sort of reflecting on it, uh, I believe with Jeff um, during Comic-Con week, is the one of the things was, that was back in the time when I, I picked the DLC stuff as sort of my hill to die on, that I'm not paying for extra content for a game that I already paid $60 for or whatever yeah. it was, you know? Right, and right. so most of that DLC stuff was new for me. That was like the, that was sort of like a remake for me. But, you know, the Mass, the, the mass Effect uh, legendary edition didn't change anything from the story it kept it kept everything intact it was it was just a remaster except they i mean you know they changed certain things graphically with certain characters which you know uh i i feel i understand their need to kowtow <laughs> to those that were you know th thinking one thing or another but, but you know if you have a character that's supposed to be genetically perfect and, and very enticing to men I, I don't know i mean maybe they should look that way <laughs> I digress. Uh, but if, if anything for Knights of the Old Republic, 
I, I just needs, you know, just update it. I, th- I think a remaster, something similar along the lines of what they did for Mass Effect would be great and would be really well received. However, the the slam dunk here, the, the you want to give fans an announcement is that you announce a remaster for Knights of the Old Republic, and then you announce a remaster, re-release, half remake of, you just call it remake. Announce a remake of Knights of the Old Republic 2. A game that was clearly rushed and unfinished. Mm-hmm. You know, people have the mods and the coding and stuff like on PC and everything like that. I've never seen that because I've only played it on console. Mm-hmm. So I've never gotten to experience the intended finished product. And I think a lot of fans haven't. So I think that if you wanted to sort of make a splash and get people really excited and be more open to things, announce a remake of uh, KOTOR 2. It has not sort of, I think, you know, a lot of people love that game and uh, I think Jeff in particular would argue that if if given the proper time, it could have been even better than the first KOTOR and certain aspects of it were, but it was clearly unfinished. And there are clearly dead ends where there shouldn't have been dead ends, you know, storyline-wise and stuff like that. I, I would be very into a, a KOTOR 2 remake. Yeah, I would be into that. I mean, I would... I, I, I really think that they could just do a remaster of one for the purists and then... I think where they're probably hung up and why they didn't do a remaster personally is that I don't think that fighting the game style of the action plays with a lot of the youth these days. And it's not very mainstream. And it wasn't then either. I mean, it was like very Final Fantasy style um, to an extent. So that was... that, And that was even kind of a risk with the Star Wars game. But they did it well. And, they did it but, really well, and I, I, but I think that I don't think they want to take that risk right now. If the fighting engine is the most major change that they make, I'm okay with that for the most part. It's I just don't want any major changes to the story of Knights of the Old Republic because it's a it's a perfect freaking story. Yeah, you know maybe maybe you know slow down some of the not not as many load screens on Manon or whatever certain there's certain <laughs> camera, there, there are certain camera angles and stuff like that that can be fixed and, and everything like that um you know and i i just and what i don't want is what happened with twin snakes the metal gear solid when metal gear solid came to gamecube and some of the voice actors changed and stuff like that certain lines of dialogue were changed and everything it's like i, I don't want any of that just keep it intact. I'm a, I'm a P, PS1 guy when it comes to Metal Gear Solid. So I, I just, I mean, just keep, this, just keep, just keep the old dialogue. It, I mean, this sounds like a remake. I don't think yes. we're getting, I don't think we're getting the same actors. Maybe some if they're, if they're around. But I mean, I don't bank on that at all. Yeah. Because you will be disappointed. We shall see, though. But I mean, big news: Kotor getting a remake. Uh, all right, before we before we go to break here, I do want to talk about something we 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 have not we have not really discussed in a, in a while here. But a a show that was once a favorite of the Best Damn Nerd Show, I think before. Arrow? Not that one. We've had a lot of sort of pet shows. That, uh, spinoffs? That we've Is this had. another yeah. spinoff? But, you know, we were a big fan of this show until sort of a rather insufferable fan base kind of took it over. Uh, and I've still sort of enjoyed it from afar and everything. I do think the quality has suffered a little bit. But, of course, talking about Rick and Morty, 
which season five uh, just finished up, Davis, and we were discussing, or rather you were discussing Rick and Morty season five a, a little bit uh, in the Discord. But what's going on, Rick and Morty season five? Your thoughts? If we're talking on an overall perspective, I I still enjoy Rick and Morty a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe the the writing has gone down some, but I I do believe this season had some classic gems in it, <laughs> like absolute gems, uh, especially when it came to uh, Mr. Nimbus in the first episode. <laughs> that was a great episode. I don't care. That's one of the most classic Rick and Morty things you could do. And you know, I, I think a lot of the the middle of the seasons kind of sputtered a bit. There's a couple good ones in there. Uh, I thought the but, bird person episode was great. That was a great episode. I like bird Wonderful. person a lot, and bird, and, and their background and this, yeah. their their story together is touching. And yeah, it actually gave Rick a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, pathos and depth there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think the writers did a pretty good job this season, and I, I'm not gonna say it was their the best. The turkey work. episode, though, man, was not good. I mean, it was. <laughs> let me let, let me say it wasn't it wasn't horrible, but it just it was it was like one of those things where. Rick and Morty, to a certain extent, fell in love with its own legend. Like uh, uh, Pickle Rick be- is a meme, <laughs> is a meme, right. not because of how hilarious it is, but because of how just like the again, it speaks to that. This is the funniest shit I've ever seen. It speaks to sort of the absurdity of uh, sort of the heights that it got to, or whatever. Pickle Rick was a fine episode. It just was kind of also not this. I don't know. It was not my sort of favorite. So same, I, with the tur- I, same with the turkey I, episode. I love the president and his <laughs> conflict with each other. I, I I do like that a lot. <laughs> that was a little weird, but I actually did kind of enjoy that episode. I enjoyed also the incest baby in space. <laughs> it's very weird. Very strange. It, it was very strange, and it's going to come back at some point, and I can't wait. <laughs> the uh the Vol- the Voltron episode uh I don't know. I mean in, there there's there's been in I feel like in the more recent seasons not uh, there's been they've definitely taken more detours of having episodes that are decidedly not Rick and Morty it would be like Rick and Summer or like a Jerry episode or or whatever kind of deal or Rick and Beth it's like I like Rick and Morty you know and I like their right. adventure so I don't know just just do that again. <laughs> It changes it up for them, and I get why they do it, but we, we all know which ones are the best and which characters do the best governments, those two. Um, however, this is, this led to the season finale, which was a two-parter, uh, which was a month-long break when they were going week to week, and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, by the way, we're going to do the finale in a month. <laughs> and I I don't I think this might have something to do with why. And it's not so part so much the first part. It's the last episode. I don't think that they planned on doing that. I think that they kind of saw the writing on the wall with a lot of the fan base, at least the vocal fan base. And they switched roads. And they brought like- back and they brought back Evil Morty to like kind of finish up that storyline or take that storyline to another spot. Uh, and so you, I, I don't, I don't think they planned that. No, you don't think that they planned Evil Morty to be a big player like that in general. 
I think they probably planned for him to come back at some point, but I don't think it was for this season. I I don't I don't think that was something that they wanted to do right now, and I think they were getting pressure, and I maybe not from the studio, but I think as they were, it was a little bit of fan service on that one. I don't okay, so I don't think that they felt pressure from the fans necessarily to to bring in Evil Morty. I will grant you that his sort of presence in the finale felt a little bit out of left field all all things considered with what they were what they were doing with with this season and stuff like that there was no real sort of narrative pushing us to, to that that point in this episode so th- I, i'll give you that i do think that evil morty has always been like a big big part of their plans like i've i've enjoyed like i've been waiting personally to see what's going to happen with evil morty i i I love evil but but i wouldn't be the one be like oh we got to do it now i appreciate the fact that like the first time they even called back to it i was like oh that's awesome so clearly they have something in store for this so i don't think it was too soon to do it i just think that it was kind of a left field story to do it in and i uh, and i think it was addressed in the episode multiple times with the writing of like th- we're not we're not episodic but hey we're here there's there's multiple lines where it was referenced that this is not what they are but hey we're still doing it and yeah. it was kind of like it felt like a shot at the fans as we're doing mm-hmm. this for you this is not who we are but we're doing it um for you guys and that that's kind of the vibe I got from some of the dialogue. And I almost felt like they didn't want to do it, even though it was a very good episode. I, I, I thought it was very well done. They got through Evil Morty's storyline well and sent him off into probably storylines they can do for a while if they wanted to. But got some more depth for Rick, too. Yeah, it got, got some honest uh, origins where he actually came from and how it started. And which I thought it was all pretty fascinating. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. I think that something that in, or in doing this and in getting that sort of origin, there was a, there was a, a point earlier in the season where Rick says, don't give me a canon backstory. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that, that, that's what makes me think that they were sort of planning on this the whole time. I wish that that joke had popped up a couple more times during the season so that it would have meant a little bit more when we, when he finally does, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, just to really sort of hammer that home. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I, I really like Evil Morty, and I, I think a lot of a lot of season five really worked. I liked my I think my favorite bit of writing uh, that really really spoke to me, which I think was them sort of poking the eyes of the fans, was his uh, his the living garage when the the, the the neighbor came by and the way the way it bonded the way it bonded with that simpleton was oh you like marvel movies i do too ha 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 like just completely shitting on the, the just the idiots that just like lap up the recency bias marvel stuff shang chi's the best one since black widow and the and eternals will be the best one since shang chi it's just oh my goodness well i guess that's yeah it, it's just <laughs> I, I really appreciated that. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yes, really. I really did appreciate that. Uh, anything else about Rick and Morty season five? No, I, I, I think they get too much hate 
Well, yeah, I think it's just uh, has it's it swung a long, the other it, way? No, I, I, people were happy about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to swing. The people that kind of came on late are starting to hate on it because I think it's just a, a longevity bias where they watch something and it it's not changing too much and it's not going along a storyline so they get tired of it and they don't see it for what it is so i i think there's a little bit of that i i'm not saying season five was you know the greatest of all of them i, I think it was better than season four personally um so i i think there's just a little bit of too much hate I, on it i think overall it's a pretty easy watch honestly yeah, it's you it's, know I have fun. I laugh. I la- yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I, I people. Sh- I hope people aren't overcomplicating it too much. For me, the pushback came from when the marketing and the fan base, the smartest show on television, and all and all this stuff. And yeah, Pickle Ricks, the friggin' reinvented comedy. It's like no, it didn't. Okay, like <laughs> let's 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 slow our roll here on on, on that. All right, and uh, it, so anyway. <laughs> I, I do like, you know, when we went to the panel that they, how much they do actually research science and what is possibly plausible in certain situations that haven't, hasn't been proven wrong. And they actually do uh, make sure that what they're doing is at the time in physics possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that is interesting to me that they actually do look into that. They take that for what it is and they, they roll with it but to say it's you know the smartest show i mean it's it's smart writing here and there but it, it's also fart jokes here and there so it, it's it, it is what it is and uh it's an easy watch it's fun and it has it has loving characters yeah absolutely well on that note we're a couple of loving characters and uh, i mentioned how much i loved uh rick and morty poking uh poking the bear that is the MCU fan base. Well, we're going to be talking MCU on the other side. Shang-Chi, how did, how did, how did Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 bracelets do in relation to all the history of the MCU? What did we think about? We, we, we speculated that Marvel zombies would be the season finale of what if it was not, what did we think of that on the other side of the best damn nerd show? Hey everyone, Chris Seglia here, CEO of the Tenno Media Network. I would like to say thank you for checking out one of our podcasts, but we need your help. You can support Tenno in a multitude of ways. By going to our website and checking out our latest podcasts, by buying some sweet merch, joining our Discord, or getting early and exclusive access to all content via our Patreon. Your support means the world to us, and you can find everything on our website, www dot ten dash o dot gg that's t-e-n dash o dot gg thank you again and now back to the show it's the microphone alchemist bimbo jimbo here and when i'm not verbally super kicking last jedi fans on the best damn nerd show or fantasy casting the rock in another movie on the dlc well that's when i actually get to talk about wrestling that's right come join me in the wrestling war room where I take my mic to the mat and launch my hot takes about the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. The Wrestling War Room, which side are you on? Nerdosphere, it's the microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here, and we want you to be in on the conversation with us. So sound off to us in our Discord, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the BDNS.
And you know, maybe you actually like the Star Wars prequels and sequels. Maybe you think the MCU should be a comedy open mic night on the big screen. Whatever you think, we love to feature the hottest takes from our fans on the show. So remember, if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. Hey, you. This is Sweet Johnny Cage from Tenno. I'm here to tell you about the next big thing coming in hot from our production house. It's called the Game Club Podcast. Join me and our diverse panel of game masters as we discuss our experiences playing some of our favorite video games. Whether it's a remake of a classic game from our childhoods, a game we might have missed during the height of its release, or a brand new title that tickled our collective fancy, you're sure to love what we have to say. Who knows, maybe you'll learn something about a game you never considered playing. I know I have. Find us on Spotify under Game Club today. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. James Kincaid alongside Professor Chris Davis. And you heard us speaking earlier about the Knights of the Old Republic remake and sort of our trepidation about about that. And I, I feel bad, Davis, because, you know, <laughs> you, you gave your thoughts and then uh, I read Ryan Treadwell's comments and made you do a complete about face. But uh, I had hope. <laughs> and you took it from me. That's your first. How should I feel about that? That's your first mistake, Davis. <laughs> uh, but you know, look, I, I I provide unvarnished truth is is what I try and do here. But you know, we were speculating about the remake and and what it would mean, and this is sort of another double-edged sword statement because I don't, uh, you know, I would hope that they could just take the dialogue and keep it because that would mean that the story is the same. However, you know, Davis, you, you had said that you didn't think that they would be bringing back any of the original uh, voice actors. And I can now confirm that we at least have noted and very renowned, well thought of voice actress, Jennifer Hale will be coming back to reprise her role of Bastila. So that's good news uh, on the on the one hand because we know Bastila will have the same voice. And in terms of, I think there are probably the two, the well actually there's a lot of characters that need to be that have pretty iconic, <laughs> memorable yeah. voices as I was about to say. But certainly certainly her role in the game is is very important. And so bringing her back to reprise her role is is great news on the one hand. But that means that this is yes, Davis, a just full blown ground up we're, we're doing it again stuff's gonna get changed kind of deal what <laughs> like it, i don't it know is. it is but it, no i do like that she's back she was a very good voice actress like she was a great character and that, that's exciting i mean that that's a that's a point i'll chalk it up for one for one for this but if, uh if they recast hk 47 <laughs> I mean, they just need a computer. Terminating right? like master. They, they could figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Not... Think, uh, uh, yeah. No. I mean, it, that that's good. I mean, that's that's a start. So those those voices, those those voice actors that provided them, really have you know worked their way into the hearts of so many fans. I can't envision anybody else voicing Jolie Bindo and sort of sarcastically. Uh, reacting to the, the the choices that that you make in the game and stuff like that, and just the Karth. the the whininess of a Carthonasi yeah. compared yeah. to the just absolute alpha sexual tyrannosaur <laughs> male that was Candorous Ordo, you know. So I, I hope oh. that make make good choices, make good choices, bring if, the band back together. That's all there, I'm gonna say. If there was a Candorous, I, I almost feel like that's a 
Oh man, Escape from L.A. Uh, Russell, Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell. Maybe? I could see, I could see Kurt Russell as like a live our, action. Our second Candors. Kurt Russell reference of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, the thing, dude. You know, he's the star oh! of the thing. <laughs> that was man. That was so early. I forgot already. <laughs> that was a lot of tequila ago. Uh yeah, I, I so here's a question for you, and I swear we'll move off of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, will the Why? main do, do you think that uh, the main character will get a voice? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh no, no, uh, no. I'm gonna go I feel yes. like I'm, yes. I, I'm gonna I go feel yes. Like yes. And I, mean, I, I hope, and I I'm hope a... they hire the I hope they hire Shepard or somebody like that. I... That's the kind of voice I want. I am going to go on the uh, probably low odds and say they have four voice choices. Ooh, I like that. I see choice is good. Yeah, because you're going to have a female option. It's expensive, though. Yeah, so you got to have at least two. Yeah, female and male option, but I think they'll go uh, have a couple different pitches, um, potentially. So, you know, it's Star Wars. It's Disney. They got the money to pay for these voice actors if they want to do this right sure incorporate everyone but if you want to if you want to nail it you're going to get those side characters locked down get get the originals that you need and then go from there yeah i just you know it's a it's a tough act to follow so you better no it's it's pretty much impossible so good luck yes good luck (laughs) yeah (laughs) never tell me the odds (laughs) All right, you heard my review of uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Bracelets. Davis has been unable to pirate the film, and I do ah, encourage hard. I do encourage all of you to not go see it in theaters and to find, <laughs> if you want to see it, find other means of watching it uh, because Marvel needs to be humbled a little bit so they start making good movies and, and good shows again. And so how did uh, how did Shang-Chi do? Because the the sort of the marketing blitz behind it, Marvel really they threw all in for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Bracelets. Uh, You know, I mean, you could not go anywhere without seeing marketing. You know, Shang-Chi threw out the first pitch at the Giants game and then did a backflip. I don't know. Marvel is posturing that they're doing backflips after seeing the box office results of all of their hard work and all of their label, uh, excuse me, laboring uh, that they did. And uh, the star of Shang-Chi is also sort of uh, pointing the finger at all the people that would say uh, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 bracelets would flop. Uh, He did it on his Instagram story and, and all that stuff. And so, yes, Marvel is acting like they are claiming victory. Uh, but the actual reports are is that Shang-Chi made $75.5 million in its opening domestic weekend. And that is good for, ladies and gentlemen, adjusted for inflation, the third worst MCU debut in history. The third worst. It only beats out The Incredible Hulk and ant-man which i'm actually surprised that ant-man did so bad in its opening weekend but wait yes a, wait a sec i saw a post in our discord which is uh best damn slash discord join us yes. join very that good shilling you, you should uh, get, a, you get a job at marvel there, pr there, there was a meme that showed the 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 total take 
and maybe that maybe this was the first week that you were just talking about. But I noticed the second lowest was uh, good old Cap. Uh, again, Avenger. Davis, if you you know, as somebody that works in education, as you do, Professor, <laughs> adjusted for inflation. But anyway, I mean, this was like a couple years after Hulk, and it wasn't that much more than that. So, I mean, how much inflation Look, was there? En- enough to where the actual numbers are what they are, and this is the third <laughs> worst box office debut for an MCU film, Davis. Those are the numbers. That's the fucking news. And and you can try and cook the books however you want for The Legend of the Ten Bracelets. Uh, I know a lot of sort of shills out there are trying to include the Monday as its opening weekend gross because of the Labor Day holiday and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why they're trying to take a victory lap. They, They so desperately wanted this to be a, a raging success story, and it's just not the third worst MCU debut in history. I'm, I, you know, I wish it was the absolute worst. You know, I wanted it to be good, and I was thinking about this. It's like because I, I, I am happy that it did so poorly uh, <laughs> after I saw it. If it was good, I would wish it all the success, and I have a track record of of supporting things that I think are really good multiple times in theaters. But after I after I see it. It is weighed, it is measured, it is found wanting. I will root for this failure because, again, Marvel needs to be humbled. A lot of these production companies, a lot of these uh, you know, franchises that need to be sort of brought back down to earth here and start making good content again. So, yeah, the third worst, Davis. I, I mean, it is COVID. You're not going to give like a little bit of an asterisk? Davis, you, I'm you not are, saying it's not bad, but it's, you know, there, there's Davis, a little bit you, of a handicap have, on it, you, you know? Have, you of all people, you've been going to see movies throughout COVID. I'm well, not yeah, I'm, I'm a degenerate. There's a lot of us out there. Not trust enough. Me, trust me. <laughs> the MCU fan base that just sucks everyone, every new one <laughs> off and just waits for the next one, uh, they, they don't care. They don't care. And then the, the so the fact is that they couldn't rally the base, you know, the MCU base that still wants to go slurp everything Marvel. The third worst debut for an MCU movie ever. That's just the facts, man. Like the mo- movie theaters facts. are open, Davis. And not only, I would argue this other point is that they're, the movie theaters are open. Marvel rules the film roost right now definitively and that's something that you have to take into account too is that you know incredible hulk uh and captain america and thor those other ones when you don't adjust for inflation early mcu films that that the shoulders that shang chi and the legend of the 10 bracelets and black widow are standing on are standing on the shoulders of what the world building that those movies established and others like them so you take that into account and put that in your pipe and smoke it. However, so movie theaters are back open again and Marvel rules the film roost with theaters back open. There aren't like that many tentpole pictures coming out right now, too. So no. they should have even more of the market share corner. I would argue the-, the opposite. So it should have done better, not worse, because <laughs> there's nothing else to go see. I fucking saw Candyman. <laughs> sucked. Candy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I mean. Numbers are higher than ever in COVID. Sorry to bring it down. So our movie theaters closed. But our movie no, theaters closed. Are more but, or less people vaccinated now than before? 
more more <laughs> but in the, in the major I, in, I... In, the movie theaters are open there are fewer but yet still <laughs> this is the crown jewel at the, at the movie theater davis is this. I, I i will admit this is like the first i would say the first box office that like hit movie that should have brought people back more i will say that because everything else has been kind of like uh, you know quiet place two there's been kid movies and um hey black i don't even did black widow even go to theaters yeah it Maybe? did okay yeah, i saw it that was the first movie i went to but, theaters back for see look at me I, look at me marvel and all you people that, <laughs> i go and support i regret it but I regret I do. it. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, so, I mean, I think this was like the first big one because I don't even think Black Widow was promoted to be big, quite honestly, uh, compared to this one. Yeah, Black so. Widow felt very much so like dipping a toe in. Like that. that's what I mean. Like, you know, the the movies are back like now. They're they're full blown back. You know, you see and Marvel was dipping a toe in with Black Widow. And sort of be like, hey, you know, go see it if you want. But you can also get it on our streaming service, you know, if you feel that way. But with Shang-Chi, it's like, hey, folks are getting vaccinated. If you're not, you know, if you're not vaccinated, whatever. But most people are, you know, go see it or what. It was like, whatever. Go to the fucking movie theater. They released that propaganda yeah. video. <laughs> like, they are firmly pushing for people That's to go true. back to the movie That's theater. Propaganda. And oh, yeah. so, that, like you said, this is this was their big blitz to get people back to the movies. And they failed. They failed to the tune that this is the third worst debut for an MCU film ever. After Captain America. No, uh, that's no, that's actually it did not be Captain America. Which I knew you would try and latch onto that, you fucking cuck. <laughs> oh that that made me happy though. Uh, but it's not true. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's not true. Facts uh, just are stubborn, for, just, facts just are from stubborn things, Davis. And in the confines of this conversation. Just from that picture of just money made, I was just like, yes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Sure. So <laughs> when when you don't when you don't actually uh, that's it's spoken so truly from the, the guy with diamond hands and everything <laughs> like that going to the moon that doesn't understand inflation. So yeah um yeah no i and it's i was we were talking a little bit about this earlier and i had not looked at anything i had not read any reviews i came in fresh mostly because we recorded i think the night after uh it came out and you got to see it pretty early which is awesome and thanks to tenno media Yes, very uh, much. No, thank private screening courtesy of uh, Tenno Media was very nice. Great way uh, to fly. <laughs> I'm sure that you know I didn't even know that was possible, and I'm sure that boosted their numbers too. But still, the third worst for Legend of the Ten Bracelets. <laughs> and and so I I I'm uh, I'm going around work today, and I'm talking to an employee of of mine, and and she went and saw it and just absolutely adored it, just loved it. And I'm like, wow, I actually just realized I haven't gotten anybody else's opinion other than James this moment. So I go online. It's really the only one you need, baby. And and knowing how this show usually goes, and you you do like things. You like things, right? I do. do. 
And and uh, so Very I go. So. I was, I was I, out I'm, here singing the praises of last week's "What If." And so I'm thinking, you know, I gotta inflate James's perception of a little bit. You know, he he's a he's a good critic. He's pretty harsh, but you know, the general public is gonna be you know 25, 30 percent probably above him. So I, I was I was shooting probably between 60, 70 percent Rotten Tomatoes, and it is in the 90s, and sure. I now have to force myself to find a way to watch this within our next week before our next show because i need to know how true this is i need to know what side i'm gonna fall on you don't think davis that you know marvel pr and those folks you don't you don't think the review bombing tactic cuts both ways i know it does you, so, you, you, don't, you, you don't think that especially in light of what happened to Captain Marvel, because that fans look and I'm not even Captain Marvel's harshest critic. P- people are a lot harder on that movie than I am. Uh, but you don't think in the in the wake of that absolute fiasco that was what fans thought of Captain Marvel and what fans thought about Kevin Smith lying and then blaming the fans over his bastardized Masters of the Universe show. You don't, you don't think that they read the fucking news and got out in front of this? I work with PR folks all the time, and I can tell you that they absolutely did. I work <laughs> – I know people that have done it, Davis, <laughs> for a fact. It's, but they look at it as part of their job description. Yeah to do it yeah so no, it, that, that it, thing cuts both ways so you look at it's you very look at, obvious so that, that that's why when a review when percentage wise something really craters on websites like that you have to subtract more off of that because that's in spite of of the people the pr folks out there and and the paid uh media people to try and boost those numbers so they real, but again marvel shoved all in with this so you can't convince me that they didn't also shove in with that to try and change the perception. Oh, no. no I'm not trying to convince you. I, I'm saying for me, I need to figure out for myself. I can't go off just James. But, uh, of course, no. I encourage you to, to the, torrent it and pirate it the, anywhere you can. Do not give that, it your money. No. Well, you know me. I will yeah. pay full price. Uh, ben Kingsley, the fact that he doesn't die is already like, I think yeah, I'm already. I'm already at a minus 30%. So. Yeah. It, 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 he's a major character in it. It's Listen, so bewildering to me. A, a movie in which in one of your major fight scenes, a character stops and starts singing Hotel California. That is not a 90% approval movie make. Just, it just ain't. Numbers don't, they don't add up. So, yeah. The third worst debut for an mcu movie here here there it is loved it you love to see it and i think the eternals will have an even harder time at the box office good luck like it i i'm calling it now with inflation worst worst marvel movie so now you're on the inflation train well it's welcome have a seat at my table i love it i know it's gonna be right Behind Hulk and Captain America. <laughs> yeah, and Thor. Don't forget Thor didn't do the race. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, adjusted for inflation, the third worst MCU debut of all time. On a holiday weekend, too. 
God, you couldn't even wrangle extra people to see the bracelets on a Sunday when they had Monday off. You suck, and, Shang-Chi. You stink. And Northern California is on fire. We can't go anywhere. So we go to the movies. We have to go to the movies. You can literally go to the movies. <laughs> Everywhere's on fire. So you can't go anywhere, especially the major vacation spots. They're, all the roads are closed. So guess what? You're indoors. You're, you're can, going somewhere can, else. Can literally go to the movies. And I, and, you know... <laughs> It, like it's all it's it's the the cities that care about you know more about being vaccinated have the high vaccination numbers you know so like there's no trepidation about going the ones that don't care it's the wild west and you'd think they'd want to go to the movies and yet still <laughs> and yet still it's a failure and i hope a, a a the beginning of sort of a a serving of humble pie for marvel and i do think that the eternals will fail miserably i'll go see it i'm gonna try and not pay for it i'll go see it because i want to give it a fair review and i want it to be good (laughs) i want the eternals to be good i want to be pleasantly surprised i love selma hayek Uh, you know i mean she's great uh so and and i look you got you got rob stark you got john snow in it awesome i mean when it comes down to it we want angelina jolie never really was my deal i but i don't go wanting something to stink but if it does i will root for its failure because i don't want to continue to be served crap who goes to a movie and says i don't want this to be one of the best movies i've ever seen i people people claim that about me and that's why i say that right but it's weird because why don't you want to witness something that is just cinematic achievement like that is It, it feels so good, and you want that for every single piece of entertainment, and then you go from there. And that's yeah. and that's that's how I go into it. It's like, I, I, I want the best for every person attached to that film. Like, that, sure. that is your hard work. That is your everything. And, you know, uh, I'm going to think about what I do, but I, I want it to be the next best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the desire is, I think where things got off the rails is that the desire for the next one to be the best one turned into this droid uh, automaton Marvel yeah. clone being like, this one's the best one since this one. And it's just like the same thing. It's like, so I can't, the, the instant, instantly charts in my top five of MCU movies. And like, so now here I is like, oh, then what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and everything like that. But I, every time I go, I was excited. Every, every movie I go see, every show I watch starts with a blank slate. And I look no further than what if, which served me what three episodes that I wasn't red hot on. And then we got episode four with Dr. Strange. I was like, you know what? That was damn good. And I, and I, and I said it was so I, I call and, and him then, like I then, see him. And then you got episode five. Yes. You... Let's, let's now switch gears here <laughs> at the best damn nerd show. Let us talk about what if episode five uh, and what if the writing fell back down to earth? Uh, <laughs> of, of, it wasn't what really if. what if it was bound to happen uh what if they did marvel zombies uh on this show on disney plus and i this it, was the episode coming into the series i was most excited about it's what i thought would have been the most slam dunk episode to do well and they did not in my opinion this this episode came brought the show hurtling back down to earth uh, after a truly good episode with Doctor Strange, 
Uh, and and it, what if he lost his heart and not his hands? And then we get Marvel Zombies, which honestly they should have saved as the finale. Like this is just this it, the concept. Even even if they failed miserably with the concept, this is a finale uh, concept episode. It's yeah. Marvel Zombies. It's something that we've seen in the comics. It's 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 it has all the makings of like save this to be your big finale. And they which, didn't. And maybe this is why because it was crap. What do you think? Which worries me. I'm gonna say first of all. Uh, because it gives a higher percentage now of party Thor being the finale episode, which is very troublesome. Yeah, how many uh, episodes of What If are we getting? Uh, I, th- I thought we were getting six or eight. And if it's six, then it's guaranteed. If it's eight, then we still got a couple. Um, but still, zombies should have been, a, with the length of what they're doing, it should have been a two-parter. And we got a rushed 35 minutes of a what if zombies. And it was crap. It was very bad. I, it, it, it this was, is a guy, was, ladies and gentlemen, this is a man that enjoyed Loki. So. The, I, and, it, I, and it's probably because my expectations were high for a zombies one. Because it should have been a totally, to, it, it, it should have been the easiest one. Uh, quite honestly, it should have been the easiest writing, should have been the easiest story, and uh, it just wasn't done well. It it fell flat. There was so much stupid effing comedy in it. Uh, oh, Davis, man, you're I love you, dude. You're speaking, no, my, I, you're speaking my language. I, I, I no, but Ant-Man was, get him the hell out of here. Yes. Kill him off. Get that head. Uh, I, oh my god, I was just laughing in bed i i couldn't fall asleep during this episode because i was laughing on how bad it was i i, I took some notes it was so bad <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's, you had to start writing notes that's, yeah that's that, that's, 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 a, that's a that's a what if first ladies and gentlemen that i took notes uh because i was appalled by by what i was watching and uh so yeah uh, i i'm glad that you're on the same page with me I, I i saw on the discord too i forget who posted like so that episode and then they did not they did not expand on that and i was like oh dear this is probably i think it was, was tyco i want to give him a shout out he's been pretty uh baller on the discord lately uh, he has been and he's i think he said uh, that he really wanted to like it and just dot 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 uh so my my so we get erectile dysfunction hulk as sort of ostensibly what you think will be the the main character of this episode and i i cannot stand erectile dysfunction hulk like beta bruce banner is just terrible and i i don't know i just i can't stand watching him and i like mark ruffalo go watch zodiac great movie uh but in do you uh, before we move on, uh, do you prefer Mark Ruffalo or Edward Norton as Hulk? I think Mark Ruffalo, like, like I go back, I judge, look, the best Hulk that we ever got in the MCU was in the first Avengers movie. And that was yep. Mark Ruffalo. So yep. I, I'll give the nod to Mark Ruffalo. That was, that was peak Hulk that we've gotten on film. Uh, and he wasn't stupid character or, or anything like that. He, he had the right amount of torturedness to him and it just so I'll go I'll go with that now again the diminishing returns of how long he's played the character and things like that have, have maybe diminished it but I still I'll look at the absolute peak of Hulk on screen being the Avengers 
and that was Mark Ruffalo. So I'll give him the nod. How about you? Uh, from a solo movie standpoint, I loved Edward Norton more. Well, Mark Ruffalo I, hasn't gotten one yet, to be fair. It's true. It's true. Um, as a character, well, then as just Banner, I like Norton more. Uh, okay. But I will say the best performance, ha- I do agree with you, was in the Avengers movie. But I, 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 like, do... I liked Bruce Banner and Tony Stark's interplay in the Avengers because it was two smart people talking to one, one another. Yep. And it was before Marvel fell into this sort of like trap with Tony that Tony just solves everything. Like Bruce Banner is smarter than Tony Stark. He just is. And so I, I liked that interplay in the Avengers. Like, finally, somebody that speaks English. So, you know, these are the things that I look at when I see how far the MCU has sort of fallen right, right. Uh, off the cliff is the the interplay there. Uh, I will say also, it, it, let's go on the positive side of this show. Uh, this is the best Spider-Man has ever looked in the MCU. <laughs> right? He like no no iron spider to be had he was in his actual suit with the exception of the web shooters be still being on the outside but uh-huh. we we got spider-man I, they, so you know do that in the movie maybe that's true I, I i will agree with that i think wasp was decent uh I will give- okay <laughs> how about how she just completely bailed on scott lay when mommy comes after her <laughs> well, I mean, every woman for herself. You gotta give it to her a little bit here, you know. And my then, goodness, just like uh, left Scotty to die. Yeah, I mean, you want positive about this episode? I I think uh, Lily was actually pretty good in this. Um, I I never cared about the wasp, and I think she was pretty good in this episode. So right. I will give her that. And Spider Man, I do agree with. Uh, I kind of like how uh, Hank Pym has now twice in this series shit to go down. Uh, <laughs> they, they have Hank. some. They have something against Hank Pym, like Dude. like really bad. <laughs> oh my know, goodness! I don't know what why. If, <laughs> what What if Disney Plus addressed the fact that Hank Pym beat his wife in the comments? <laughs> That'll probably never happen, but but I think that's uh, we're making up for it by just having him be the source of of all these things. I it, like I just laughed. I was like, oh shit, we're doing we're doing Hank Pym again. <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, root of all evil. That's yeah. strange. Uh, <laughs> all right. Happy Hogan's involvement in this was not good. No, I, I I don't know what they were doing. That what was up with the? I'm not single. I'm saving myself for Thor. Like, aren't you? Uh, you smashing hot Aunt May? I guess maybe not in this universe. Infinite possibilities. Infinite. And hopefully he's not, because that's my Aunt May, not his. Uh, nobody's Aunt May. Who is, who is the Russian dude? Oh, my God. I was just getting there. The the Euro trash character from Ant Man that they insisted on he was one of the one of the three idiots that was in like the van with oh, uh, my- Michael Pena's character. Why? Who, like, I am I am stunned and and I guess if you want to put in the positives that they didn't bring Michael Pena's character back into this. <laughs> Because I could totally envision a stupid ass scene of him explaining how the zombie apocalypse started, you know, like he did in both Ant-Man movies. I like I am I am stunned that that did not happen. Uh, But yeah, that was the annoying Euro trash guy was from the the Ant-Man movies. So they brought him back for some reason because he's somebody that we wanted to see a lot of. Like whoever even thought of that character would come back would want to come back. It's 
mind-boggling that that they think that we would even expect that character and to even last in this sort of situation and happy hogan too like sorry kill them they should be dead they should be zombies there should be no human characters without powers well (laughs) it's just like they're just shouldn't I, you know, we get to do this one time. I kind of want to see some some other folks, you know, get more get more time on the screen than that freaking character from Ant Man. Just didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, let's yeah. see. Uh, I would like to coin a couple of new terms here that <laughs> have been coming up in the uh, in the MCU and specifically the Disney Plus MCU. Uh, first one: Wakanda splaining which is when a character from Wakanda shows up and just sort of takes charge and, ex- and explains to everyone else and just starts bossing characters around in spite of the fact that your character was created, you know, in 1998 and it doesn't matter, but that's <laughs> Wakanda explaining is, is, is the first one. And Okoye was doing a lot of that in this episode. She just shows up and starts bossing them all around, even though it's like, you're not an Avenger. You're not a major character that like I'm interested in. Uh, we got Spider Man here, and I and I thought this was uh, Beta Bruce Banner's episode. I don't know what are we doing here. Or and then and then I thought it was the Wasp episode. But it's like you, like the pecking order is all wrong here uh, for why you're doing that. And yeah, you split them up and you got people killed. Um, so there was that. Uh, and then the the other one, it, it's and sorry, Okoye, because I, I I like the actress and I liked her in Black Panther and, and everything like that. And you know she's great as Michonne, but you know in the sort of how how they've done this now in multiple episodes of What If and and episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Deus Ex Wakanda. Uh, is the other term, and this one I'm even more partial to because I, I think they 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 lean on it uh, quite a lot. Which is uh, something doesn't work, so we can just say that Wakanda can do it. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like okay, so we're trying to like uh, vision. Vision says that the the way to cure the zombie virus is beyond all human capability. Vision, you know, the one who has like access to all of the world's information. And and then Okoye just says, not in Wakanda. And thanks to our force shields, it remains the last human sanctuary on Earth. Hence, Deus Ex Wakanda. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I got for you uh, on that. I mean, it's just it was just bad writing. Yeah. Like, no, it, was, it was just bad, man. I, I None of it made sense to me. And... It just, it's just very interesting picks on who was showing up in this and why, and just the whole reasoning behind any of this. It's just very odd. It, it just seemed like they had contracts with people that still needed a role, so we're gonna, we're gonna throw them in. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, I get Okoye's presence to find Black Panther, who once again was voiced by the late Chadwick Boseman. It's cool, you know, hearing him play the role again and everything like that. But it, I would think I would have just rather had him in the episode more altogether, you know, and being a part of the team. I, I'd, I'd rather have seen that going on, you know, and they find some other reason for why they got led back to to Vision's lair and, and, and everything like that. So I, th- I do think there are some interesting choices like that, that 
Russian character, wherever he's from, from Ant-Man, stuff like in his interaction with the Koye, a literal boom goes the dynamite, he said, after she made some stupid joke. They again the return the most prominent character in this episode was the return of the terrible MCU humor that we saw most notably on display in that uh what if the Avengers never assembled uh episode. And you know, I thought I thought some of the the literal zombies themselves looked pretty cool, though, on the positive side. Like I liked seeing Zombie Cap. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him. It was pretty pretty short short lived. Really was. Uh, <laughs> some, it really some of the, was. Yeah, some of the voice <laughs> acting. I'm looking at you, Sebastian Stan. Just the flattest affect. Guess this is the end of the line. It was just uh, and, and when Okoye killed Falcon. I should be sad, but I'm not like, what, what are we, what are we doing? Here? Yeah. Sorry. I got a lot of notes <laughs> to go through. <laughs> um, and th- this is something I wanted to run by you too, is that there was a, there was a moment where Peter jump scares a character. I forget which one might've been the European guy. might've been Bruce Banner. I forget. Uh, but the jump scare sort of pointed out to me, as like this It pointed out what the show was lacking in this episode. What it should have is, some elements of horror, some elements yeah. of fear, of tension, you know, of, of uh, scary. And it wasn't. Yeah, th- this is their chance to kind of do something different with the vibe of a what if episode. And again, this is what we've been talking about. Do something different. Have fun with it. Do something that we're not used to in a Marvel atmosphere. And they wasted it. That that that, that was their option there. And they just totally threw it out the window. Yeah. I, and so that 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 was a miss. Uh, we got so Zombie Cap, right? He kills Sharon Carter, who is who is in there for a cup of coffee as well. It's nice to see her back on the hero team, as a, you know, opposed to being the fucking uh, power broker uh, <laughs> and, and and everything like that. Infinite possibilities uh, and everything. But so doesn't matter. Wasp explodes her from the inside, which great. And but then she is noticeably sort of uh upset not upset but concerned she's like i'm covered in sharon the zombie blood and okoye again i know i know i'm hammering my girl okoye and i and i do really <laughs> like her but she was terrible in this episode so again hope wasp concerned covered in sharon's zombie blood and okoye ha- the they the writers have the audacity to have okoye drop this line I think the kid has hand sanitizer and then Wasp literally dies from the fact that she was covered in that zombie blood because she had a cut <laughs> on her suit. What what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Holy Lord. Uh, so that was bad. But you pointed out earlier that probably the best that excuse me, excuse me, probably the worst part of this episode <laughs> was my guy Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, was awful. What what was it? Talk, talk extrapolate. I've been dominating oh. the conversation here, so I, I mean he 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 even says that it's just like oh he has his dad jokes now, and it's just it was just back to back one liners of just terrible terrible dialogue jokes, and just just trying to get these stupid last giggles in this atmosphere and trying to lighten the mood and what should have been a more fearful horror type situation. And just, you know, like you say, and I don't always agree with 
but anytime that they want to bring some emotion or anything, they bring in the funny. And there wasn't any time to bring in any sort of emotion in this episode because fucking Scott Lang. <laughs> he was constantly in this episode dropping dad jokes. I don't know what the F was going on. It was First so all, he's much. A, he's a Futurama disembodied he's a future- head. Aura in in a dome, you know, floating around. I think he's attached to the bottom. And uh yeah, holy hell. What were you doing? Why why did we think this was a good idea? It, go 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 back to the drawer, people. Now also there's one note before we move on to what was maybe a little good. Uh was dude, was uh was Peter trying to smash hope? Uh, yeah. Anybody else picking I mean, up on, or was, or, or, or rather, let me say, was Hope trying? Because she sort of said that maybe he'd grow into that that Doctor Strange cape he was wearing, and then so, I don't know. I caught a little bit of a look. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but it was, it was maybe you, you know, know. Are you are you legal yet? Are you not? I don't know. People people were talking, <laughs> so <laughs> you know. And then they had that whole smile for me, Peter thing together and stuff like that. And how she didn't just you know shouldn't she have probably killed herself too when she was making a noble sacrifice knowing that she would come back as a zombie again I nah. guess. Nah. Uh, but, uh anyway so back back to the deus ex wakanda uh it, we we had we had vision luring people here to feed zombie scarlet witch is what was going on and if there was sort of a high point to this episode, I would say it was probably Bucky's discovery of T'Challa uh, being sort of fed slowly to Scarlet Witch. Like that, that was the most sort of horrifying part of the episode and the fact of what Vision was capable of. And it is sort of similar to Wanda from WandaVision and what she w- was capable of. And uh, I'm glad it presented this opportunity because it, it sort of it showcases this, morality failing that the Disney plus and MCU of recent days has had with certain characters is that, you know, you get in WandaVision, she holds an entire town hostage against her will psychologically, including children. And, (laughs) you know, but she doesn't get held accountable for it though, which was hilarious. We, we, we've got Rambo's kid being like, he'll never know what you sacrificed for them. It's like, dude, she she's the villain. And and maybe that's what may, you know what? And if Marvel's setting her up to be a villain and do stuff like that, more power to you. And, you know, but they, I don't think so because you have lines like they'll never know what you sacrificed for you going on in there. But so we get at least vision has the same lack of sort of morality and blind spot when it comes to, to Wanda, but at least they call out vision for it. Okoye says, then you're going to face justice and tries to take him on. Uh, So that's unlike Wanda vision. And also, you know, vision, unlike Wanda is introspective and realized that he has to atone and he sacrifices himself and pulls out the, the stone uh, from his head and, and everything like that. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, that that part was, I thought, pretty fascinating. Uh, it was, again, vision just kind of being left struck as an android, which is a different concept. And him kind of coming to terms with different ideas is very interesting, but he's also incredibly powerful. 
and yeah. so is Scarlet Witch. And there, are, you know, it's 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 interesting how they kind of played out that last scene because she. It, it, and this is what comics do. I mean, it, they can do so much, and it's like they forget that they can do these things to kind of play into the story. And I mean, that could, that could have been over so quick for Scarlet, for, what, for what Wanda's capable of. Oh, sure, sure. And there's that aspect of it, and then there's also Wanda and Hulk slugging it out, which is hilarious because right. that that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a thing. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, these are two. They, these are not characters that would do that, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. They, they're just not because they're. Yeah, it's they're it's not compatible that way. No, it's too. Yeah, exactly. Wanda could stay back and you know fuck Hulk up and everything like yeah, that. They're not gonna have when, a friggin' slugfest. When you're an archer, you're. You're a range person, you know. Yeah, exactly. Wanda's got her magic. She doesn't need to be going fist to fist with the Hulk. There's no reason for that. So it, it you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you know, for it, it is what it is visually. Yeah, my goodness, it's just I, I really, really bad episode again. And this is why, like, it's I just, take notes to to just display the terrible writing that they throw yeah. at us and ask it, us to like it. And it's so much worse because of the potential. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, they, again, it should have been a had. slam dunk. Uh, yeah, it's it, maybe it was better than uh, that uh, with Avengers didn't assemble. Possibly. But because of what we know it could be, it's not even close. Like, yeah. this is this is this is it's my, re- it's my revenge. It's my revenge of the Sith argument. Absolutely. For what uh, Revenge of the Sith, Sith should have been, it's easily the the worst of the prequel trilogy. It's it's uh it's just such a disappointment, and uh for a series, you know that could could have been something. It's not, and uh, yeah, no, that that was a big disappointment. We got Thanos zombie reveal at the end. Didn't really do anything for so, me with the Infinity Gauntlet. So, will we get a second part of this with that? That's when they maybe, showed maybe that, that'll be the I, seventh episode. I, yeah, no, I almost thought they okay, we might actually be coming back to this once they showed that to see how that would go, but because that that was kind of ominous and didn't really conclude it. So I, yeah, I, but I, they've I done that a couple might. other times too. Like they did that with ego, yep. you know, and 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 everything like that. So I I don't I don't know if we're revisiting this or 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 not. Uh, but we are guaranteed to get at least seven episodes from my quick Google researching okay. uh, online. So we'll so have what, Party Thor. Party and... Thor, I guarantee that's next week. We're getting Party Thor next week. So everybody listening, we're talking Party Thor. You're talking welcome. Party Thor. That's going to uh, be – that's actually going to be the only thing we talk about next week, guaranteed. So mark it in your calendar, Best Damn Nerd Show, Party Thor, full hour-and-a-half episode. That's all James and I are talking about. None chance. None, none, none chance. And you need to pirate Shang-Chi uh, as well. <laughs> one, yeah. one other major order of business here before we, we get out for the evening. I want to I wanna switch gears. I want to now talk about the Matrix, Davis. Red pill, blue pill. They, uh, they launched, they relaunched their old viral website that they did, which was pretty cool. 
and you can click on which pill you you take and it'll give you a different little sort of teaser and they had the actors read like it takes like the time code from your computer and everything like that like before we get into the full trailer and everything that has come out uh pretty cool marketing campaign for this matrix was it matrix resurrection yeah resurrections uh it's yeah i mean to dive back into this universe especially it's how long has it been like i want to say it's been almost 20 years since the third movie um it's been 18 yeah yeah almost and so there is a whole new introduction that needs to be had with this generation that's coming up and hopefully they some of them have seen the at least the original and but the blue pill is so big and so it's such a cool idea uh that the marketing team really did a good job with these quick little 30 45 second uh you know takes on it and it it hyped me up i'm not gonna lie like it was cool to see again sure and you know the video game enter the matrix on uh xbox i think it was underrated video game uh so underrated i played i played the hell out of that game Animatrix was cool too. Animatrix, the anime. Oh my god, so good. The original, and I can get down with the second and third on like when I'm just trying to, you know, kind of turn my mind off. It's not they're not good, but it's like they're like Resident Evil movies. I I can get down with them. So no, they're they're not good, and and we're gonna get into the (laughs) the trailer in, in a little bit, and. This is so you're right. I mean, the, the viral marketing is smart. It's it's cool. Like it, it does a good job of sort of uh, playing onto those warm and fuzzies and nostalgia that yeah. we have from being a fan of the original movie and, and rooting for the original franchise and stuff like that. But that's preying upon you. That's just like when Jurassic World used the original music in their trailer. That is, it is, it is hitting you with cues to try and suck you back in to make you think that you're going to get something of the level of what you enjoyed before. And I can assure you, you will not. This is the quintessential uh, case of something that Hollywood should have left alone. It should have left it alone after the first one. The second two Matrix films are not good movies. It should have been like, what is left to the imagination? What if Hollywood left things to the imagination? There's your what if question. And, and so we saw with, with Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions, you know, just how bad it could get. They, those sequels should have never happened. They should have left well enough alone there. And now 18 years later, Hollywood lacking devoid of creativity and originality comes to try and get blood from a stone yet again with matrix resurrections and uh i i'm like anybody excited to see neo and trinity reunite and everything like that i have I've strong positive feelings uh about those characters i would have liked to have seen Lawrence fishburne as morpheus probably my favorite <laughs> character from from the matrix franchise i would have liked to have seen i would like to have seen i'm too good to play the red skull hugo weaving come back as agent <laughs> smith and, and and everything like that but this is the quintessential example of hollywood just trying to wring every last red cent out of a franchise and honestly i'm surprised it took him this long to come back to the matrix and keanu reeves because keanu is such an internet darling uh that you know i I figured they would have tried to mine this 
a lot sooner. Is exactly why this movie is happening right now because they know how big Keanu is. And I think John Wick. I think I think I think the success of John Wick no, helped. That's helped that's this get exactly made. what I'm saying. It's not just Keanu. It's it's his movie success as John Wick. Everything else he's been doing, internet success. He is. They're cashing him, and so yes. is Keanu. And it feels I, late I, though. It, it feel it feels like late. Like they they've had I, time. I I'm not saying it's at the pinnacle of where he's at. Uh, like from a popularity standpoint, like they are, it does, you're right. It does feel like they're hitting on the, the back end. Like of 10 the years game. from now, are they going to get Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss back together for another mummy movie? Like they should strike now. Hollywood. Sure. Listen, listen, <laughs> lack of creativity aside, Hollywood. Now is the time to get Rachel Weiss <laughs> and Brendan Fraser back together for another mummy movie. Like they're available. You gotta, you gotta get it on the the upswing here, and and that's when you you can really catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, but, you mentioned, you know, that you think that's gonna be Morpheus's son. What I'm seeing is that he is playing actually Morpheus himself, and maybe a younger version, either come to the present time or whatever. I'm also not ruling out. This is the hopeful, optimistic side of me, people. So take note. Uh, I actually would not be surprised if we if they are playing it pretty Bogart and we do get Lawrence Fishburne in this movie and everybody is just like running a misinformation campaign, that is the level of, of optimist that uh, optimism that still beats in this nerd's heart is that I would not rule that out, but this just seems matrix, another matrix movie completely out of the book of bad ideas. All right. It's, let's it's, Okay. No, I, it's, I don't think it's a terrible. Like, it just feels like it's, especially with how the storyline's looking in the trailer. It looks like they're kind of rehashing the first film. Like they have to take the red and blue pill. They have to get, uh, you know, in and out of the matrix. They have to figure it out. You know, they they don't know what's going on. Like it, it kind of just looks like they're rehashing it, not to the extent of Jurassic World, like you were saying, but. It, it's almost like a shot for shot. Well, let's let's talk about that. So the Matrix Resurrections trailer, your thoughts, Davis. Again, and if you're watching on the tubes, uh, the song choice, as we were talking about, I mean, I. I yeah, White Rabbit, I, I, Starship or Airplane. Yes. Rather. I mean, it, it, it's a very chilling song especially when you're dealing with the matrix because there is the imagery of you know follow the white rabbit down the hole and it's 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 great and it works for this trailer really well and it probably hypes it up too much <laughs> because uh like we were saying before the trailer it's it there's a lot of shot for shot stuff i don't think they're really going to change that much from the original story of like figuring out oh what's the matrix what's going on who am I? I'm the one. I. It's really, to me, at this point, that's the story we're getting. It's just like a rehash of kind of like an origin almost, but like a re-origin. So I would totally, I would be more on board with this if they were sort of pulling what other, you know, like Highlander ignored Highlander 2 and so there's like ten, like ten Highlanders, right? Stop it. Even <laughs> and even like that that unfortunate new Halloween movie decided to ignore a bunch of its sequels and sort of 
be a direct sequel to the first one. I think I would be more into this if this was just going to be a direct sequel to The Matrix, you know, and it picks up from there and something happened where they got him again. Like the promise of the end of the first Matrix, it is that like this is why a sequel never made sense to me because like, dude, we got all the powers, baby. We're at, we're at Endgame now. Like we we're just gonna mop up these little these guys now. Like Neo Neo's the one. He's got he's got control in everything. And immediately you undermine that premise with the second and third Matrix movies and stuff like that. It's like he's back to like not being a, a sort of fulfilling his potential of being the one and stuff like that. And they start adding all these things to you know. It's just like that's why that. The, there were no more. He he was seeing the zeros and ones. He could he could pick bullets out of the air and all, and all that stuff. It was over. We won. Uh, this being a direct sequel to the first one, where somehow they got him back plugged into the Matrix or whatever, would be more interesting to me than yeah. what it actually is, which is a sequel to uh, those <laughs> two unfortunate films <laughs> that, that came afterward. Great trailer, like un- unequivocally a well-made trailer you know for garnering that hype that nostalgia i mean it's a sack full of member berries for you (laughs) You and and the perfect song use and everything like that but it's still a terrible idea to go back after 18 years uh, to and 18 years and not one but two bad sequels yeah to all of a sudden try and mine this for more it, yeah, no, I mean, it feels like, I mean, it definitely feels like cash, cash grab for everybody that went through the original trilogy. However, it be an introduction for the new generation, which, you know, if I I would hope. Everything's streaming, isn't it on HBO Max? Go watch the original. Who young knows where it is? If you haven't seen it, go watch the original. Yeah, go watch the originals, you know, 10 through 18 year olds, and then you don't need to see this because you've probably already seen it so <laughs> if you watch the original so i the one thing i did notice from the trailer uh i'm not gonna lie some of the visuals for being 18 20 years later uh don't look that much better yeah uh, so there's a lot of blur where i don't know it, it didn't seem finished and especially for shots that you're going to show in a trailer uh it it seemed very uh underdone for this time uh of film so you know uh, i i I gotta say i i really think it was a well-made trailer and as much as i want to see lawrence fishburne new morpheus looks badass as hell is so you know i i do i do hold out hope that we that we get lawrence fishburne uh coming into it but We'll get a remaster of Enter the Matrix instead of Nice Little Republic. Dude, let's make what what we got going on with another Animatrix, perhaps. But uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, new new Morpheus. I that's I, I thought that's my guy Candyman. So oh just, no, is that is that who it is? yeah, dude? But the Candyman was not his problem. He's he's cool. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I like, didn't know he was doing other stuff. Yeah, and... he's good though. I I'm, I'm a fan of his. So. Uh, in terms of his involvement being like a younger Morpheus or a, whatever, a rejuvenated, resurrected Morpheus, not not a bad call. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for this edition of the Best Damn Nerd Show. Have a great week, everyone. Remember, if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia, CEO of the Tenno Media Network here. 
Thank you so much for listening to our content, but we need your help. Please rate us five stars, subscribe, and give us a shining review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really, really helps us out. And one more thing, please tell a friend if you can. Tell them Tasty Steve, Hanzo Gonzo, Mark Mann, Rip, Ricky Replay, or someone who everyone loves sent you or something. That might help. Anyway, again, thank you for listening. And if you want more, make sure to check us out at www.ten-o.gg. www.ten-o.gg. You're listening to the 10010 Media Network.